Welcome to the Dwellings Podcast. We're glad you tuned in. Enjoy this message by Pastor Gunnar. Come on. He, he breaks fear. His presence brings peace like nothing else, right? We're so thankful for you, Jesus. We're thankful for your presence here. We're thankful that you're all we need. You're all we need. And everything's okay when you're here. As long as we hear your voice, as long as we know you're here, everything's okay. And so we thank you, Jesus, for being here. That's good. That's good. I wonder let's just for a few more let's just press in and just pray for just a few more minutes. Um, he just I feel like he's not done in this moment for just a minute. Maybe, maybe there where you are, just under your breath. If you're here today, and even in this, man, powerful worship that we've experienced this morning, your heart still says, but I feel alone. Jesus. But I feel broken this morning. But what I'm carrying is too heavy, and I, and I believe this but I'm not feeling it today. Would you just be honest with the Lord and just tell him under your breath how you feel? How many know that's okay? Because until we acknowledge that, we don't give him a place where he can come in and heal. Until we're honest about who we are and where we are, we can't invite Jesus to come into that space in our lives. So just right there where you are. Lord, I'm broken today. I'm hurting today. And that's why I'm here. And that's why I need you. And Lord, that's all of our prayer this morning that you would just come be yourself to us. We don't need a rousing word this morning. We don't need goosebumps. Lord, we need you. That's all we need. Only you can heal our broken hearts. Only you can mend us. So we pray that you just come do what you want in each of us today. And if that's your prayer, just say amen. Yes, Jesus. All right, you may be seated. Let's give it up for our worship team today. Thank you guys so much for leading us. Somebody came up to me in the lobby this morning and they said how how much they appreciate just the freedom in this house. If you would say that, would you just, let's say yeah or something. I just, I'm really thankful. I, I feel like, you know, uh, we've been in environments, all of us have, where we, you, you, might, you might want to express how you're feeling to the Lord, and you just don't feel the freedom to do that. Whether that's to sit quietly or to jump and scream until you're sweaty. It's okay here. Uh, sometimes... I just want to lay in the floor on my face in God's presence. Sometimes 
I need to sit and I need to be quiet and I need to be still. Sometimes I need to dance, <laughs> you know? And uh, wherever you're at, at any point, just know you have the freedom, okay, to do that. Um, you've heard all about Angel True this morning. How many love Sam? Sam, you did such a good job with that welcome this morning, man. Um, Angel Tree, bless some families this, this Christmas. The tree's out there. Grab it. We have a lot of slips still on that tree. So grab one on your way out and make somebody's Christmas. Also, after service today, starting around 12 o'clock, we're going to have Youth Sunday. The, the, if you haven't heard, the schedule has, has uh, switched up for youth. No longer on Wednesdays. It's on first and third Sundays. And so this is the first Sunday. And grades 6 through 12 are going to have a great time today, and, uh, and lunch is provided, so parents, make it a date, and come back and pick your kids up after. All right, well, we are starting a brand new series today called Deserts and Valleys, Navigating Difficult Seasons. Uh, I, I really feel the Lord's heart on this, and uh, how many know the holly jolly Christmas isn't holly jolly for all of us all the time. And it's okay to, to acknowledge that. And it's okay to be honest like we just were. And that's what this whole month is going to be about. But it's not going to be a downer. It's going to be a hope-filled month of December because we're going to be renewing our minds a little bit. To even if we are in the darkness, how many know hope shines the brightest in the darkest? Okay. So we're looking at deserts and valleys. We're, today we're going to be talking about what do you do when you feel forgotten or abandoned. We're, we're navigating abandonment and loneliness. How about this worship set this morning was perfect. Um, and then next week we're going to be talking about what to do when you're grieving. Navigating excruciating disappointments. Um, and then the third week, what do you do when you want to quit? Navigating burnout. And then the last message is going to be what to do when you feel under attack, navigating personal and spiritual challenges. And then we're going to have the last Sunday of December off. We do that every year to give our serve team and their families a, a break. And also, I know many of us are traveling the last Sunday of the year, and so um, we will not have service. So if you show up, you're going to have your own little service with Jesus by yourself, okay? All right. Well, deserts and valleys... What do you do when you feel forgotten? What do you do when you feel abandoned? What do, you, what do you do in a season that's supposed to be full of peace and joy when you feel loneliness and peace and joy and happiness is not the thing that's really marking your life? What, do you, what are you supposed to do? Because what we've been doing is we just kind of just get busy enough that we forget how we feel and just kind of shove it down and just get through the holidays. But, you know... Christmas is about celebrating the incarnation, right? That, that's a theological word that just means God is with us. Jesus came to dwell among us. John chapter 1 talks about him making his dwelling among us, and we beheld his glory. The familiar uh, messianic prophecy of nine, uh, Isaiah 9, I, I love this because it's on the Christmas cards it's in the, you know, it's on the little cute videos that we share around Christmas time. But I want you to, I want you to just feel this verse, like just feel the contrast of hope in darkness. Very familiar passage in uh, Isaiah 9 verse 2. The people 
walking in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. How many know the light shines the brightest in the darkness? And I would say that the darker it gets, the more important, the more apparent hope is to us, right? I mean, we're just, we'll just take any grain of hope we can get when we're in our lowest, darkest place. How many have been in a low place in your life? And it just, all you needed, man, you just needed a word. You just needed one more thing. You just needed something to hold on to. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. This, this is the thing about the holidays, man. We, it, brings, it brings pain to the forefront. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know if it's being around people that we don't see that often and family getting back together and things in our past kind of colliding with our reality of, you know, man, I thought I left that and here I am confronted with that again. Just seeing my family, you know, I mean, just just be real. Um, maybe it's the, 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 the season itself is supposed to be happy, jolly and bright and cheerful. And you're like, I don't feel that because I have things in my life that I associate with the holidays that are just not fun. I don't, I don't feel like celebrating. And it's just a reality. We're, we're, we're walking into the holidays maybe with some pain, with some suffering, with some disappointment. Some of us won't even, uh, some of us in the hospital right now watching online. Like, like there's, life is full of ups and downs. I was talking to Sam this morning. He said he was listening to a podcast and it said, you know, life is 50% bad and 50% good. And we're just weaving in and out of that. And it's how we respond to it that matters. Wow. You know, we can't have, we can live with hope, but not be naive that this life is full of hard stuff. And so I think the holidays, some of us have a tendency, I know I do sometimes, it's just like, let's just get through this. <laughs> let's just get through this. And then January, you know, we're going to get on those New Year's resolutions that last two weeks. And, you know, those are the really disciplined ones, the two-weekers. But uh, if I could this week, uh, this month, and I, I just really think this is what the Lord's up to, is, is to give us a new outlook on the holidays. Uh, this month, like, I, I believe that there's, there's an opportunity for us to renew our minds and actually know how to go in dark places with God. And why not Christmas? <laughs> okay. So what do you do when you feel forgotten? I remember a time, and I actually, I didn't have a personal story. I mean, I got plenty of lonely times in my life, but I was on my way this morning to, to church. And I was like, Lord, well, you know, when, it, when have you really just shown yourself in my loneliness, you know, when I felt forgotten? And, you know, when I was, I was a preteen, my, my parents went through a divorce. And I know many of us have that same story. And I, uh, I, I snuck off one day. And another thing you need to know is I was an only child. And so there were some lonely moments. You know what I'm saying? This isn't pity party for Gunner up here, but I'm just trying to connect with all of our experience. And, and I was in a kind of lonely place. And I remember 
going across the road. I'm from Alabama. I grew up in Alabama in the woods, okay? So we had woods. And I went across the road, and I remember getting down in a fire lane. You know what a fire lane is? It's, it's like a place they cut through the property. So if there's a fire over here, it doesn't pass over into the, to the other side. And so there's this long stretch of this clear path that was cut. And I remember just walking down that fire lane and just getting on my knees. And I had my Bible. And I didn't do this much as a kid. And I honestly haven't learned to do this until recently in my life. But just cry out to God. And be honest with him about where I am, not try to put on a mask when I come in his presence, like, oh, merciful heavenly father, everything's great, and you're awesome, you know. Like, he's like, like, I think when we do that stuff, he's just like, I love you, but that's, you don't have to do that, you know. Like, but I remember in that moment just kneeling down in that fire lane and meeting God in my brokenness as a preteen, and uh, nothing, you know, just not a, a profound encounter. And I didn't see an angel, <laughs> you know. It was just, he was there with me in a very low place in my life while I was feeling abandoned and I was feeling lonely. Have you ever felt that way? I, I, I heard a statistic this week that something like 40-something percent of people in a poll said, I feel lonely. I feel like no one knows me. I feel abandoned. I heard another statistic that uh, Gen Z is the loneliest generation, statistically. Um, and, and it's funny because we got all these phones and we're so connected. We're connected more than ever before. But I, but I wonder how much the ease of this has actually put a barrier between us and actually connecting on a deeper level because we make, you know, just a little text, and we just connect that way. But there's a, no, a whole not a, not a lot of face to face happening anymore. There's not a, a whole lot of vulnerability happening anymore. And um, I, I pray that the church returns to that. I, I really do. That we we create spaces for people just to be real, and not be shunned when they get real. Religion has a history of kind of shunning when people get honest. Instead of actually pull him closer, we get scared of that stuff. We get a little scared of, of, of brokenness. One of our pastors in this city, I saw a quote online earlier this week. He, he said, you know, a Christian being afraid of sin and brokenness is like a surgeon being afraid of blood. Like it's what we're called to, man. Like it's, we're called to go into that brokenness with people. Because that's where he goes with us. And so um, maybe you feel like you've been abandoned. Maybe you feel like you've been forgotten. Have you ever, have you ever walked into a room just full of people, maybe this morning, and just feel like nobody knows me? Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows who I am. Sometimes we can even forget or, or even feel like God's forgotten us. He didn't forget anything, but where is he? I mean, if you're honest, you felt, God, where are you at right now? Where are you? I don't feel you. I don't know you. I don't, I don't, I, I love what you said this morning in worship. 
I don't remember exactly what it was, but I did. it was. Your awareness of him doesn't determine his, his actual nearness to you. It's like he's near whether you know it or not. It's just acknowledgement of it. I love it. God has always been a dwelling God. He's always been a God that wants to come close. He, I mean, he created a garden for crying out loud, and he said, let's just do stuff in this together. Let's build together. Let's dream together. Let's grow together. And, um, but when he wanted to come and dwell among us like never before, like in a really intimate way, just making his dwelling among us, not in a, not in a, 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 a structure, a tabernacle or a temple where his, his presence would come and, you know, lead the people and all that, but actually come and dwell, actually come and be so acquainted with our brokenness and our feebleness and our humility that he actually becomes one of us. When he wanted to do that, he looked for someone to carry himself, which just blows my mind when I think about that. I, he looked for someone who can, who could carry this promise, who could birth the savior of the world. And he finds a girl out in the middle of nowhere in a small town. And it was said of this town, nothing, can good, nothing good can come out of that place, Nazareth. And he meets a teenage girl and he says, she's the one that I've chosen. I put my eye on her. I've out of all of history, about all the people that are alive on the earth in this moment, she's the one. Obscurity, hiddenness. Had Mary not had this angelic encounter we're about to read about today, she would have been completely forgotten by history. She was just another Middle Eastern girl doing her thing. Tradition says that she was weaving or looming. She was making fabric or whatever when, when Gabriel came. The scripture doesn't say that, but tradition says, I mean, in other words, she was just going about her life. But what we do know is she was alone. So you've got a, you've got a girl in the middle of nowhere in a city where nothing good can come out of, alone, just doing her thing. And God shows up. And in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 28, the angel Gabriel says this to her. And I want us to really lean in on these words right here. He says, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And it says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Now, I would have been greatly troubled about some other things. Like an angel just popped up in my business, in my space, and scared me half to death. But it doesn't say that Mary was troubled at his presence. It says she was troubled at his words. What was it about his words that rattled her more than the angel himself? Wow. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. What does this mean? First of all, does this guy know who I am? Highly favored one? 
Like, you know where you at, bro? Do you know who I am? No one's ever told me that. No one's ever talked to me that way. Greetings, highly favored one. The title highly favored one was so out of place and shocking that it rattled her more than an angel telling her that. But in that moment, Mary went from forgotten to favored. But here's the thing. She was favored before she knew she was favored. The Bible doesn't let us in on her heart, her emotions, where she was in this moment. I don't know if she was feeling forgotten or if she was just, if she was happy, having a great time. I don't know. But I know that nobody knew her. She wasn't important. She wasn't a person of status. And yet the Lord says, you're my highly favored one. And I'm with you. I'm with you. And then the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. Let's just lean in on this question. The Lord is with you. What does it mean for the Lord to be with you? What does it mean for the Lord to be with Mary in this moment? I don't think he was just saying, hey, Mary, I know you were just kind of doing your thing alone a while ago, and now the Lord's with you. I don't think he was particularly saying, hey, um, do you know the Lord is near to you? Like he's here. You might not have recognized that he's here, but his presence is here. I think it was that. But I want us to even dive a little deeper into this language. What does it mean for the Lord to be with you? I, I, think, of, I think of this. I think of, hey, uh, I'm with her. I think of, hey, I'm, I'm not only close, but like I'm with you. Like, I'm, I'm committed to you. Like, we have a thing going on that's special. There's a relational connection here. Like, I'm with you. Are you following me this morning? I'm with you. I'm, I'm not leaving you. When you tell somebody, hey, I'm with you, that means, no, I'm going to back you up. I'm going to be here no matter what. And I think about what the, the angel perhaps knew, but I know the Lord knew. But Mary had no clue what was about to happen to her. Like she was about to walk through being shunned by her community for being pregnant and not quite yet married all the way, the way they did it back then. And she was going to be shunned by her own husband for a time of like, Mary, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> like likely story. You know what I'm saying? Like. And then after that, there's no place to even have the baby. And you're in a stable. And then, then there's a mass genocide and your child is the target of it. And you're on the run and you're a refugee. And, and, but yes, the Lord just preemptively says, I'm with you. You don't know what's coming for you, but you need to know that you're the highly favored one and I am with you. I'm not leaving. I'm committed to you. I'm closer than you can imagine. I'm not going to walk out when things get hard. I'm here. I'm here. And I love what Mary says later on in this chapter in verse 46. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. This is what we call the Magnificat. That sounds like a superhero feline, but it's... 
It's, uh, it's the song of Mary. It's, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. I love this phrase. He has been mindful. The original language gives a picture of, of looking down. Not, not in disgust or of like a prideful way, but actually like stooping low and getting on the level of someone who's not on your level. So the Lord, the Lord knows she's in a lowly state. Here's the, here's the kicker. Mary knows she's in a lowly state. And it's not like the angel shows up. Hey, highly favored one. And she's like, dang right I am. You know? No, she's like, what? And it reminds me of the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom. I mean, no, you can't carry, you can't carry royalty without a, a, without a real good dose of humility. And maybe that's what made the Lord go, is her. I, I don't know. But he's been mindful to me. He's seen, he's seen me. He's seen how low I am. He's somehow in heaven, he's, 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 he's set his eyes on me. Mary was self-aware. She knew how she felt about her state and herself, and she was honest about it, and she's like, I'm blown away that you'd notice me. And she's the one that carried the Savior. If you feel alone today, um, I want you to know that that's okay. I want you to know that you can say that. You can feel that. You can pray that. You can cry that. And it doesn't make you less Loved, less seen, less known, less accepted. I feel like this morning, there's a little bit of a prophetic thing in what I'm doing right now, but also I want to just demonstrate like what the Lord, what his heart is. You're not alone. And you're not forgotten. And this is how the Lord does it. He comes to you. Like he comes to you and you're, JT, like he sees you. He knows you. He hears you. Like you're seen and you're known. That, see, that makes a difference, doesn't it? Like it's one thing to hear a message about it. But it's another thing when Jesus comes and says, Lee, I don't know if everybody's told you this, but you're my boy and I'm proud of you. You know what I'm saying? Like this is who God is. He comes to us when we weren't even looking for him. And you know the funny thing about being known by God 
is that when you know you're known by God, it doesn't matter so much if everybody knows who you are. So here's, here's the thing. We all have a desire. Every one of us, where we say it or not, we all have a desire to be seen, known, and loved. It's because you're a human. Don't shut that down. Now, that can, that can go off the rails, and we can actually seek approval and love and acceptance from people more than we do God, and then people become an idol, and then it just jacks up our life pretty good. But I'm saying, if you ever knew... And if you ever encountered Jesus like this, where it was like he came to where you were at when you were lonely, when you were forgotten, and he says, no, you're actually favored. It does a number on our confidence. And it's not a confidence that comes from accomplishments or from people encouraging us or giving us a pat on the back. It's a kind of confidence that only comes from being known by God. And Mary just, man, am I becoming Catholic? Like I love, <laughs> I love Mary. Like I've, I've just diving into this. I'm like, Mary, dude, what kind of humility does it take to number one, carry the promise and carry the, the, um, Just generations and generations, like your name's never going to be forgotten. And, 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 and what kind of humility, what kind of trust, what kind of relationship with God, her father, would she have to have to watch her son bleed out on a crucifixion cross and not get mad at God and be offended and walk away? But she knew what she said yes to. Be it unto me according to your word. How many times have we said, yes, Lord, in service? Had we known the outcome, we might not have been so eager to surrender. It's a good thing we don't know the whole picture all the time. Come on. Can I get an amen? So let me close with this. This is a guy named Henry Nowen. I'm just going to read a quote. It's kind of lengthy, so y'all can handle it. <laughs> he says this. God came to us because he wanted to join us on the road, listen to our story, and to help us realize that we are not walking in circles, but moving toward the house of peace and joy. This is the great mystery of Christmas that continues to give us comfort and consolation. We are not alone on our journey. The God of love who gave us life sent his only son to be with us at all times and in all places so that we never have to feel lost in our struggles but can always trust that he walks with us. The challenge is to let God be who he wants to be. A part of us clings to our aloneness and does not allow God to touch us where we are most in pain. Often we hide from him precisely those places in ourselves where we feel guilty, ashamed, confused, and lost. 
Thus, we do not give him a chance to be with us where we feel most alone. Christmas is the renewed invitation not to be afraid and to let him whose love is greater than our own hearts and minds can comprehend be our companion. That's good. That's a good word. That's good news. That coming into this holiday season, if you feel lonely, abandoned, forgotten, you're not. You're not. And he's with you. So let's bow our heads for a moment. And so I feel like maybe we just need to close today. I just want to pray over you guys and myself. And Lord, we ask you today in your way to make yourself known to us. As a savior, as a friend who is close. Lord, we ask for the tender whisper of your Holy Spirit that's already been speaking all across this room during worship as we've read your word together. Lord, that that tender whisper would remind us today of who you are. Lord, even in our mind's eye, even now as we see you, we know that we're seen by you. You are not taken back by our brokenness. You are not offended by it. You're not really worried about us. You just need us to know that you're here and you're with us. And so, Lord, just as that wisdom that we've heard this morning, just because we don't feel you doesn't mean you're not here. So, Lord, we choose faith. And we choose to hold on to your presence and your word that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. Thank you, Lord, that this Christmas we have a companion. We have a friend. And we love you for being that to us. We really do. May we be a friend to you. We can have somebody come play or um, I want to close the service, but I also want to keep it open, okay? So I would just uh, ask our community leaders if you could come up and uh, just be available for prayer. And I know this may be a big step for some of you guys, but if you're hurting and you're in a hard place in your life right now, sometimes just saying it and talking about it and just letting somebody know and asking for prayer can make all the difference in the world. It might not solve everything, 
but it may be the first step on a journey to healing that you need to take this morning. So community leaders, come on up and I'll be ready to receive people for prayer. And let's all stand and, and we'll just be dismissed. You encouraged? Good? All right. At any time, you know this church exists for you. This The community that you're a part of exists for you to have people around you to help you walk through hard things. So that's what we're doing this month. So thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that when we feel forgotten, we're favored by you. We love you, Jesus. And in your name we pray. Amen. Guys, have a great week. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, visit thedwellingchurch.org.